At the end of Isaiah chapter 8, the people of God are thrust into thick darkness. They are deeply distressed. They are caught in the gloom of anguish. They wait for the dawn, but it never comes. Because as it says in verse 17, the Lord is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. And as I mentioned last night, this this mirrors the journey that we've been on through the season of Advent. Whenever we look inward at the sin in our hearts or outward at the sin in our world, things can get pretty dark pretty quick. But as with every passage we've studied in Isaiah over the past few weeks, the very next chapter, Isaiah chapter 9, depicts a glorious reversal. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And so in an instant, darkness turns to light. All of the sudden, the Lord reveals his face to his people again. And the immediate, res- the immediate response of his people is joy. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. In other words, the joyful nation rejoices with joy. The joyful nation rejoices with joy. That's a lot of joy. And verses four, five, and six tell us why. In verse four, the people are set free. In verse five, their warfare is ended. And in verse six, the Messiah has come. Verse four says, the, for, for the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. And verse five, for every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. The people are set free and their warfare is ended. Isaiah says, it's like the day of Midian. On the day of Midian, Gideon and his band of 300 soldiers stood courageously before an army of 135,000 men. And the Lord delivered his people. Against all odds, the Lord set them free from their oppressors. And so Isaiah is saying to the people of God, remember your history. No matter how powerful your oppressors, no matter how thick the darkness, no matter how pervasive your sin, God can set you free without lifting a finger. Our God is unafraid of the things that we fear most. He is fearless in the face of all that troubles us. He is so fearless, in fact, that he mocks his enemies by coming to the front lines of the battle as a newborn baby. Think about that. What a, what a statement. I've come to set my people free. I've come to defeat sin and death. I've come to shine light in the darkness. I've come to bring justice and righteousness. I've come to bring peace and an end to warfare and bloodshed. But first, let me get my diaper changed. I'm not trying to be irreverent. I really want us to think about that. It's truly incredible. Verse six. For to us a child is born. 
To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So the joyful nation rejoices with joy at the birth of their newborn king. And Isaiah gives us a list of titles for this king. There's there's really no getting around the fact that these titles emphasize the deity of this child. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The nations will wonder at the depth of his counsel. He will, his wisdom will be of a miraculous nature. His name shall be called Mighty God. He will possess and he will exert divine power. His name shall be called Everlasting Father. His protection and provision and wisdom and discipline and love will be unending. And his name shall be called Prince of Peace. He will come in peace and he will come to establish peace. Then it says, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. There's a a powerful promise in here and and I want us to dwell upon it for a second. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will, be, there, there will be no end. No end to the increase. The word government there means dominion. And so the, the dominion of Christ will increase forever. The Messiah has come and his dominion is increasing today just as it has been increasing for the last 2,000 years. Jesus Christ is currently carrying out a conquest of the entire earth, but it's a conquest of peace. And it's accomplished by peace. The dominion of Christ is not established through the brutal squashing of all resistance. The dominion of Christ is established through love and joy and the proclamation of good news. It's established as all things are reconciled in him. And there are no limits to his dominion. There are no limits to this dominion. His dominion is like a tiny seed that grows and grows into a large tree. His dominion is like a a tiny pinch of leaven that's kneaded into the lump until the entire lump is leavened. And so, if we believe that Jesus is currently on the throne, then we must also believe that his dominion is increasing. His kingdom is growing. Even if you were to look around and see a church in crisis, even if you were to look around and see Christians maligning the scriptures and blaspheming the name of God, even if you were to look around and see high-profile people leaving the faith, even if you were to look around and see pastors being put in prison, you would still have to conclude that the kingdom of God is growing and expanding. You would still have to conclude that the gospel is taking root. You see, the growth of the kingdom of God does not depend upon our ability 
to see it or to perceive it. But these verses do invite us to to zoom out a bit and to think in terms of decades and centuries and millennia, not just days and weeks and years, because ultimately we are not the ones doing this. God is doing it. The zeal of the Lord of hosts is doing it. And with the Lord, one day is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness. The dominion of Christ will increase indefinitely. And in the end, we will live in a joyful world, rejoicing with joy. Now, I want to close by by jumping back to verse 1 real quick. It says, in the former time, God brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. Sometimes when the Bible starts listing the names of places, we we tend to check out. We just don't have a frame of reference for what it's talking about. But verse 1 is telling us that the coming light, the light of the world, is going to originate in the land of Zebulun and in the land of Naphtali. That is, the land beyond the Jordan, also known as Galilee. That is the place from which the light will come. And listen to this from Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. That's pretty cool, right? On December 25th, um, many people experience joy in a way that they typically don't the rest of the year. Our world is more colorful. We feast with friends and family. We exchange gifts. We slow down and we're content to just watch the children play. People knock on your door and sing at you as if that's normal. Most people feel this, this uptick in joy. But I think, pe- I think few people know where it comes from. We know where it comes from. It comes from the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, from the land beyond the Jordan, from Galilee of nations. The joy we feel today is the joy of Jesus Christ. His birth marks the dawn of a, of a whole new world. He is establishing justice. He is establishing righteousness. He is leading the nations in the way of peace. He may not be doing it on your timeline, but he is doing it. And that's a promise worthy of joy. And so today, as you go about your Christmas day, as we go about our Christmas day, may we be a joyful people who rejoice with joy. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, unto us you have given your Son. By your great zeal, you have saved us. Jesus, you are the King of kings. You are the Prince of peace. 
We long to see your government increase in our hearts and in our world. Holy Spirit, fill us with your presence today. Make us a joyful people who rejoice with joy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.